All right, good afternoon, and uh, James, I guess you're right, it is Valentine's Day, I just checked my calendar, oh my goodness, am I in trouble. No, uh, good to be with you here, we got a three-hour show uh, today, uh, we have uh, ODU in Coastal Carolina tonight, women's action uh, from Chartway Arena uh, tonight, if you're headed on out there, but uh, we have things to cover, you you hit it in the update, man, oh man, I mean, every second today I was on the X, it felt like there was another Commander's story uh, I guess we should start with, I guess, the most important part of it, which it may be unexpected part of it, uh, which is the addition in the general manager front. I mean, I, I didn't see that coming with the assistant general manager, excuse me, uh, part of it where the uh, commanders have tapped into the Lions. So, they look, you wanted a Lions person this offseason, you got it. There you go. It's not Ben Johnson. Although they got a million Johnsons on this staff, I'll tell you that. Man, everybody's last name's Johnson. But uh, instead, they have tapped in and hired Lance Newmark, who is the assistant GM. He's been uh, with the Detroit Lions, as we said uh, most recently. Obviously, the Lions and Brad Holmes have done really good things. He comes to the Commanders with 28 years of NFL experience, including the last 26 in Detroit. Uh, he held the role of senior director of player personnel for the Lions and helped oversee the college and pro scouting operations also assisted with weekly management of the Lions roster and assisted Lions Executive Vice President Brad Holmes in the implementation of his scouting vision throughout the entire personnel department. Look, Lions had the one of the best drafts last year that we've seen in a while. I mean, their rookies were all impactful and very good players. So he comes in now with Adam Peters. Um, part I really liked about Newmark was he got his start with the Chargers and spent two seasons as a staff assistant when they were with Sandy, when they were still in San Diego back in the day, and he worked under the great Bobby Beathard, who of course is a major player in any success uh, the Joe Gibbs era had. For those of you that know, you know. So that that is pretty cool to see too. So uh, a really uh, good old connection there with uh, the Redskins staff. And then they moved Mayhew into a different role, and obviously Marty Herney uh, as well, which isn't completely surprising. I think we knew there'd be changes in what they were doing. We just didn't know what the names of it all would be. Now the other thing. Uh, today was, you know, one of the concerns, and I think it's a fair one, about Cliff Kingsbury has been a oh, crap. Does this mean they're going to throw every down <laughs> in this air raid offense? Or are they going to play this soft running game where it's not spectacular? And I think you heard um, Richard Sherman, who was very complimentary of uh, Cliff Kingsbury overall, say, yeah, but they're... You know, their running game is nothing special in Arizona. It was just it was just kind of regular, right? But now you bring in Anthony Lynn, who comes from uh, San Francisco. Most recently, obviously, Anthony Lynn's been a head coach as well. He's with the Chargers uh, for a stretch. Uh, had some success there. But Anthony Lynn does know running game. I mean, this is something that he's been very good at uh, in his career. And, you know, again, coming from San Francisco, where nobody runs it like the 49ers do, it's still in a physical manner, Kind of like the Lions as well, and the Lions have certainly added that. Uh, he was the OC, of course, in Detroit a couple of years ago. He was the guy who was replaced by Ben Johnson. It was the Chargers head coach from 2017 to 2020. And had the Chargers, you know, in hindsight, known what they were getting in Brandon Staley, they might have just, ro- you know, played the wrote it out a little bit with Anthony Lynn, who was 9-7, and 12-4. and four. They did dip to 5-11 and 11 in 2019, and then 2020 were 7-9 and nine when they fired him. So... And, you know, he's, again, been a guy who has done a lot of things as an offensive coach, was the Bills for, for a stretch, uh, was with the, with the Jets prior to that, was running backs coach of the Jets and the Browns and the Cowboys, uh, also was with the Jags. I mean, so really running game has been kind of his base of what he does. So that was an interesting pickup. And Daryl Tapp, the, the Hokie, and, of course, uh, Deep Creek uh, High School as well, 
um, was a cool pickup today, too. So a local connection on the staff for Dan Quinn. Uh, Tap had been with the 49ers as well here recently. I mean, it just feels like they've gone all over the globe, like with his staff. It's been every, it's been well, it's not like, you know, and I hate to do this, but here we go. It, it wasn't like they brought in all the Commanders from the last couple of years, right? There like, you go. You know what I mean? There it you know, is. I had to go there. Sorry. It wasn't like that, you know, where, where it was just like, I, this guy had one place he knew where to go. I mean, clearly when people say Dan Quinn's got friends all around the league, he's well-respected. You know, you hear that sometimes, you know, yeah, okay, whatever. What are they going to say about him? He's a jerk or whatever, but... No, I mean, I think it proves to be pretty true. He's got a he's had a wide range, different backgrounds kind of thing. I mean, Daryl Tapp's not that far removed from the league, frankly, which is kind of cool. So, um, you know, Daryl Tapp is you know was with the Seahawks, uh, with the Eagles, uh, Saints. I think at the end of his career, and the, and the, and the uh, Buccaneers as well. So that was uh, an interesting pickup uh, today, as uh, he he joins the staff too. And again, he's been with the 49ers. Um, was also at Tech. I, I want to say he was at Virginia Tech as a uh, defensive line coach not too long ago. Maybe that was 2020 uh, as well. So he's been – yeah, it was 2020. No, I see it here. Okay. It, so he's, he has, again, been in college in the pro ranks uh, as a coach. So very cool to see that uh, today as well. And, and he, we figured at some point some 49ers might shake loose, right? I, I mean, oh, so, yeah. Supposedly Clint Kubiak's still going somewhere, right? New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the. I mean, it's not official, yeah. but that yeah. was what was reported. That was what yeah. was said, right? Exactly. So once that all goes down, you know, we'll start to to snowball a little bit with the 49ers. They're gonna have to replace some people. Uh, my guy Gutley, who's absolutely hated every hire the Commanders have had on offense, <laughs> on the on the X, just said to me he actually likes the Lynn hires first one he's liked on the side. Yeah, I think it's good. And again, it, you have what you have done is you've layered. The situation. If Cliff Kingsbury is the boy genius everybody thinks he is, and he's going to end up being a head coach again somewhere, whether it's college or pro ranks, everybody goes, oh my God, you can't lose a coordinator. This is why you have to hire an offensive coach. Everybody cries like a bunch of sissies. No, you can because you just elevate the next guy who's underneath him, whether it's Anthony Lynn or whether it's, you know, Ben, Ben, excuse me, Brian Johnson. Well, yeah, got to be careful not, there. And, and not Bobby Johnson, clearly not Bobby Johnson, uh, the offensive line coach who, uh, architected that Giants unit from last season that gave up 85 sacks. But anyway, so that that was, you know, again, it's been fast-moving. There's some other lesser coaches named today that you know we'll uh, learn about later. But I do think tomorrow the two coordinators are speaking. So that will be uh, interesting to hear as well how that all goes down. And I, I was a little bit surprised to hear that um, in, in the case of, um, oh, wow, this is a uh, breaking news story. And I don't think it's shocking. You could tell during the Super Bowl there was clearly a bit of an issue there. But Kyle Shanahan has fired Steve Wilkes, the defensive wow. coordinator of the uh, 49ers, has been fired. Now, again, he called timeout in the Super Bowl to stop. The, he didn't like the defensive call, right? Like we, we saw, everybody saw that. Called in a crucial play of the game. Didn't like the defense they were in. Shanahan burns his timeout. Um, obviously got Wilkes to change his mind about what he had set up. I mean. They were not performing well up until they actually played no. a pretty good game in the Super Bowl. He finally got some of those guys to play the way they were supposed to play. You know, one of the things I forgot about with the 49ers, too, throughout the postseason was the reason we saw so much Chase Young was Cleveland Farrell was injured, who had been starting all year. It was actually pretty good for them, it had a pretty good season, really solid season for them. So that obviously was not the best scenario because Chase Young. Shouldn't have been out there all the time because you know he he just couldn't do it, and um, it's just absolutely nuts to uh, to see that um, 
happened this quickly after the Super Bowl, but it's not shocking. I mean, they, it's a very hard pair of shoes to follow, right? Couple couple shoes to follow, right? Like you had what was going on with the, um, you know, you had it going on with Salah was very good. Then you had D'Amico Ryan's who was very good, and then you know Steve Wilkes is not as good, and it's a shame because he's a guy I think that kind of got a crappy deal in Carolina when he was the when he was the interim coach was doing a, was was better than clearly what they brought in after him. But now, um, obviously, out on the streets here, we'll see where uh, he ends up uh, going as well. Um, there's another break. Is this real? Yeah, apparently, you see this too in Kansas City now. Breaking news: police are investigating a reported shooting at the victory rally for the Chiefs uh, near Union Station in Uh-oh. Kansas City. My goodness, yikes! Uh, hopefully, that's going to get under control quickly because there's a lot of people in a small area down there in mm-hmm. Kansas City. My goodness. Anyway, so a lot of things happening here uh, early going. We'll keep up, updated on that, keep a rise on that. Hopefully uh, nothing s- too serious uh, in that nature. All right, I wanted to get to some of the stuff I saw this morning from um, Lewis Riddick talking about somebody not named Caleb Williams to the commanders because I feel like it's way too much energy has been spent on somebody they may not even get a chance to draft, right? That there is a, another option or two, needless to say. There's this fellow by the name of uh, – Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner. It was interesting to hear uh, Lewis Reddick, who, of course, formerly worked with the Redskins, Eagles, among others, now on ESPN, uh, does really good work there. Very interesting things to say about Jaden Daniels. And I don't just like it because he said something that I had been saying, but but that did help as to why I liked it so much. We'll get to that coming up on the other side. We are going to do this again. And I apologize in advance to 49er fans, but in this first hour, we're going to let you hear in real time what it sounded like on the field at the coin toss going into overtime and the reactions that were on the field as to the decision Kyle Shanahan and I guess the analytics department had made previously in the week they decided what they're going to handle and how the, the, the team that won the Super Bowl um, thought, what, what their reaction was in real time to that decision. So we'll hear that coming up as well. But on the other side, I'm going to get this Lewis Riddick stuff on uh, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner, who uh, Field Yates has in his latest mock draft as the number two selection of the Washington Commanders. We'll get to that straight ahead. Scott Jackson Show here, prior to Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right. Uh, it is the Wednesday edition. What's your rank Wednesday, by the way? Since it is Valentine's Day, we decided to do something, you know, kind of loving uh, and what's your rank Wednesday today at five, which is uh, some of the great sports divorces. So, <laughs> so you know, that's, uh, that's where our minds were today. We're like, went oh, the other it's way Valentine's Day. Let's do a divorces in sports. So that's what we're going to do. And I'm not talking a lot about like, you know, Andre Agassi and Brooke Shields or things like that. I'm talking like, you know, t- you know, franchises, leagues, that, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff. So anyway, we'll do that with you at uh, five o'clock. All right. Uh, 757-687-9494. 94, that's the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. Also, you can hit us up via the um, text line at 757-687-9494 as well. All right, today, uh, Lewis Riddick on uh, the Get Up Show with uh, Mike Greenberg and a host of others. They were they were feasting off of one field. Yates is latest mock draft. That is not one of these like oh the Commanders are going to give up you know their the, their naming rights for the next ten years and their Super Bowl trophies to get Caleb Williams and they're also gonna you know going to send over you know a um, you know a fruit basket uh, to the Bears as well in addition to their next twenty five draft picks. No no no, they were playing in the reality. You stay with your picks. Who's you t- here's who you're taking. So that's what they did. And here was. Um, one Lewis Reddick's thought on what Jaden Daniels may look like in the NFL, the quarterback at LSU. 
I don't. I never had any question from the get-go when I started watching these quarterbacks as to who number two was. Jaden Daniels, for me, is clearly number two. Mm. And I think as we move through this process, I know there are going to be people who say, well, you know, Drake May, once he gets into the interviews and all, you know, people are going to become wild with him. Well, I think people are going to be very impressed with Jaden Daniels as well as we move through the draft process. Because remember, this is the time of year where things can get a little sideways because there's no football being played now. <laughs> there's no football being played, but you, and you can wind up tricking yourself into thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking about. As long as Jaden Daniels doesn't do anything to hurt himself, I think, in this pre-draft process, and as long as people are comfortable with ultimately what his verifieds are as far as his height and his weight and his hand size and what he looks like. And I've said, I want to see Jaden Daniels in person. I want to stand next to him just like I stood next to Bryce Young last year and stood next to C.J. Stroud in consecutive days. And that's why, for me, it was a slam dunk. It's C.J. Stroud for me. I want to see Jaden Daniels because I'll tell you this right now. The way this young man operates in the pocket, the way in which he can get that ball out and speed up his release and the way he sees the field, some of the touch throws he makes are sick. They're at, they remind me of the way C.J. threw the football at Ohio State. But outside the pocket, you see these highlights. This kid can go now. When they, when they call design quarterback draw, he is, I mean, he is out the gate, dude. He's out the gate. The thing about it, though, is you want to turn on the old Miss game. He takes a shot in that game where it looks like somebody catapulted him backwards, like somebody put a bungee cord on him and yanked him backwards, and I'm going, you can't be absorbing too many of those. Mm. So I'll tell you this, though. Caleb Williams, bigger body, made people look silly in the open field. Jaden Daniels, he can throw that thing. For me, Drake May, I left a lot on the – I was sitting there a lot of times looking at the tape going, show me something. Mm-hmm. Show me something that puts you in the category with these two. And I didn't see it. It's interesting how the the range of of uh, emotions on Drake May are very extreme, right? Like I've heard people say, no, no, like obviously the Hasselbeck guy, Tim Hasselbeck, not Matt, uh, very high on him. Um, and others very high on him. Then others like what, what Lewis Riddick's saying here, I've also heard this and I've read this a lot about Drake May. Like, really? what What is so special about him? What's so great about him? But the point he makes that I like the most um, and what concerns me the most, and this has been really since the season was going on and this whole reality of uh, where Washington was going to end up being, was there's a lot of things that he just explained to me that sounded like RG3, right? Yeah. Like the catapulting and when you get hit, I want to stand next to him to see what his size really is. I mean, I've seen all these weight things on him. I just don't see where he's wearing that weight. Like the weight numbers don't match up to what you look at when you see the guys, you know, watching him, right? Because he is he is thin. He's he looks thin. You know, the Lamar Jackson running style thing. Yeah, I can see that he can explode like Lamar Jackson, but he don't have the wiggle Lamar has. And he's not n- knocking people over like Lamar. He's Lamar is strong. Like he's got a strong trunk, right? This kid doesn't. He's a track athlete looking body, right? Six four, two ten, two twenty. He's slender. Um, can he slide? Can he get out of bounds? Those are going to be the things that would be uh, important to him surviving. And what he says about his touch and, and all that, I, hey, I don't disagree with the big arm, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, Griffin was great at getting out and going. But, man, if somebody met him there, oh, boy. And it was some tra- you know crash test dummy kind of hits, right? Like you're like, oh, my God. what? Like the Holodinata hit, for example, that changed his whole career. Like that one. Uh, so I, I understand um, – and I'm glad to see hearing more of that because that's the huge question about him. I don't doubt that with the right coaching, he could do all the things that he's not doing now. I think all these guys are that way, right? 
I think if you have good coaching staffs, you can teach these things as long as these guys are are receptive to it, receptive to coaching. And you haven't heard that about any of them. You haven't heard any like, hey, these guys are really bad, you know, you know, like uncoachable players or anything about any of the three of them. Now, there's some things about, you know, Caleb Williams that people have questions about. But again, with with uh, Cliff Kingsbury there, you'd think a lot of those questions would be answered pretty easily since, you know, he was with him last year. You know, I think he would probably have the best idea of what it's all about. But I mean, what he said about Daniels, I mean, big arm. And then the other thing you always see, too, and yeah, I mean, the tight window throws are a big deal. Uh, the touches is, is a lot of it. But, you know, some of these dudes are running wide open, right? Like, yeah. it's just like they're easy throws. Um, and that's like a lot of college quarterbacks. So you get like the easy throws. But you watch like the off schedule stuff. And like, is he really good like that? I mean, that's where Caleb Williams separates himself from these guys. Like, the off schedule stuff. You know, I hear the knocks on Drake May, you know, somebody said to me the other day, it's a lot of the knocks you hear about Sam Howell with the holding the ball too long and things like that. But I would say this, he's also a good four inches taller than Sam Howell, talking about Drake May, as is Jaden Daniels for that matter. So they're going to be able to see the windows a lot better. The windows aren't going to clog up on them in the red zone like they did Sam Howell, or they shouldn't at least. Uh, it was very difficult for Sam Howell to see at times, you know, down there in those places. But there's no doubt Jaden Daniels is the most interesting of all the prospects because – in terms of a dual threat, and you're talking about this, you know, air raid, whatever they're going to call it, you know, um, you know, commander raid. I, I don't. No, we can't call it that. It's lame. Uh, kind of offense. He would seem to be a, a prototypical quarterback that Cliff Kingsbury could really do some damage with, right? If, if again, if he can stay on the field, and that's what I worry about. Well, and and here's a little bit of a misconception, and I'm not saying that yeah. this is all the time. Sure, but. How many times this year, especially with the Commanders, do we see dudes running wide open yeah. in the NFL? I mean, it doesn't just happen in college. It happens in the yeah. NFL, too. And Sam Howell wasn't seeing those dudes. So it's yeah. important not just to make those tight window throws. Those are obviously what kind of sets you apart as a quarterback. But you also just need to have a guy, too, that when somebody's open, get him the ball. Sometimes it's just that simple because if you have a t- talented wide receiver core as talented as the commanders supposedly have, yeah. you're going to get those wide open opportunities, but you've got to hit them when they're there. Now, just for comparison, last year, of course, Anthony Richardson, who was the third quarterback taken, right? Am I getting that? Yeah, right. Yes, he it was, was Bryce the third. Young, yes. It was Stroud. It was Richardson. It was having a really nice season, right? Before the injuries. But, and he took some tough hits. Like, he took some unnecessary hits at times. I mean, fell down in the end zone as well, hit the back of his head. I mean, there's some weird stuff that happened to him. Um, but he was doing some pretty explosive stuff, especially with the running game. They were very creative, Shane Steichen, with him. Uh, but he <laughs> measured as 6'4", like 240. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy 30 pounds heavier than what Jaden Daniels is right now. So I think that's worth pointing out because that, again, that body type, if you're going to ask him to run – uh, and clearly, they don't have the hogs uh, blocking for them, as we know. And heck, I mean, you know, we'll see if this this DC can coach him up. <laughs> I mean, this this uh, offensive this offensive line coach can coach him up, uh, who gave up 85 sacks last year. But anyway, I'm trying not to dwell on that. I'm, I'm trying, you know, what, what did Polly say yesterday? Clean slate or whatever that whole thing he was trying to talk me into. I, I think Polly yeah. was borderline saying trust the process. Yeah, I think he was. He I was think close. He was, he was I, close. I think he is. Yeah, definitely said that. So Robert Griffin. Uh, when he came out, was six two like two ten. So he was like the same weight as Jaden Daniels, but two inches shorter. Right. So again, he can put weight on. I get it. Uh, there's all that, but that is a real concern. Well, but how does how it many times do you see these guys that have the bigger frames of the Josh Allen's, Anthony yeah. Richardsons that? 
seek out that contact because yeah. they feel like they can to because of that right. frame. So that could almost be to their detriment. Well, that's fine. Again, is he going to get on the ground? Is he going to slide? Is he going to learn to go to the sidelines, right? Is he going to do all the things you need him to do? Now, on the other side of it, I, I think – so Drake May is about 20 pounds heavier. I think they got him at like his program weight's like six – like he's 6'4", 230. So they're, they're the same height. But that's – again, what can you can you work with these guys? I mean, both of them – are, can p- extend plays, but you know, clearly Daniels is the most explosive of all of them. So I think that's going to be the uh, interesting thing to see here uh, moving forward, how this whole thing, if this is the route they go, if they go, you know, Jaden Daniels, you know, can, you know, are you going to have to put him on a slip and slide? You know, like Jim Zorn was there with the slip and slide or not. I mean, or is he going to know how to slide already? Do we have any highlights of him sliding consistently? I don't feel like we do, which kind of sc- scares me a little bit. So anyway, we got a lot of time between now and the draft. Actually, we don't have as much time as I think, but there's, you know, next week at the two weeks from now, the combine will be important, official weights, all this hand size and all that thing. But when Lewis Reddick said the thing, it was so true about like standing next to him. Because I was thinking that over there, this whole thing, I'm like on TV, he looks really thin to me. Yeah. Just like the cornerback last year, you know, as we saw, and that ended up being a big deal, whether they wanted to admit it or not, right? True. Very true. Yeah. Anyway. 757-687-9494-757-687-9494. If you want to hit us up via the uh, text line or uh, the Ballyhoo's phone line, uh, 757-687-9494. Hey, Fred in Williamsburg wants to uh, talk about some depressing stuff, uh, the Redskins quarterback history. What's up, Fred? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so if you look at the Redskins quarterback history, going all the way back to, if guys can remember, Theismann and Smith and RG3, Mm -hmm. uh, that's just the name of the ones that we know about. The other ones just got hurt severely. Um, I mean, until how this year, maybe Cousins really didn't get hurt, but we have no way to protect the quarterback. We have to draft some offensive linemen. I don't care what we have to do. If we have yeah. to forego another year of a quarterback, we need – it starts there protecting the guy. If he can start all year, then we have a basis to go on. But if he can't, then we're going to get killed. Well, I will say this about Kingsbury's offense. You don't have to have the hogs. I mean, because they're going to get – he's going to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands in a hurry. Uh, if you watched yeah. him in, in Arizona, that's where they did a very good job of that with Kyler Murray, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So that, I think that that is, that is helpful. You know, I think that'll be helpful for them. But yeah, I mean, I, I no, totally agree because yeah. we did not do that this year at all. We nope. had the wrong offense. We tried to throw the ball forty yards down the field, and yep. we we're the second most sack quarterback yep. in the league. So bad quarterback with a, a bad uh, plan. I mean, a bad plan for a bad offensive line. No doubt, I agree. And then especially when you saw those games against the Giants, it was embarrassing uh, with yeah. what Wink Martindale did and, to to them. Well, we we got a giant hex. We haven't beaten them in like five years, I think, either game. So we really have a giant hex. Um, so uh, I don't know what we need to do to get over that, but we need an offensive alignment, something terrible. Yeah, I'm with you. They're going to get offensive alignment, I think, in this draft, but uh, I, I do think they're still taking quarterback this year because next year's quarterback class is a problem, yeah. too. You got you don't want to pick second again. You're not going to pick second again, right? Uh, that's, you got to think that way, at least. So you're going to have yeah, to that's... get the quarterback done this year because this is where you're the lowest. And I know nobody wants to believe me on this, but there are numbers that prove it out if you want to seek it on the interwebs. Quarterbacks taken oh, in the yeah. first round. The quarterbacks taken in the first round are always better than quarterbacks taken later. For every Brock Purdy and Tom Brady, there's a zillion other ones that never made it. Uh, I get it, Mark yeah. Rippon. It was a billion years ago, and other things like that. I mean, but the day and age of having the perfect offensive line is not realistic anymore. These, the teams don't have perfect offensive lines anymore. You know, even look the Chiefs' offensive line. They had two 
average tackles, right? I mean, but they had a quarterback yeah. in a scheme that that you know worked for them because you know their quarterback is smart and he knows where to yeah. where the st- safe pots parts of the pocket are, and they know how to push the DNs down the field on them. So, yep, totally agree with that point. That was going to make that as well. Yeah, if you have that guy, you don't have to have the uh, yeah, but you also have the right plays called too, and you can't call no forty yards. With no time. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's the thing that you'll see with Kingsbury. He's going to bring you up to the line of scrimmage. He's going to quick hit you to death, and then he's going to take his shots. I mean, that's that was what I remember from watching Arizona. And the running game, again, will be a fascinating mix because I think Anthony Lynn brings a totally different dynamic to what you think of the Arizona offenses or even those college offenses he was a part of in terms of running the football. So I, I kind of like how they're mixing this thing up. Hey, um, yeah. i got to run, man. I appreciate it, Fred. Thanks for calling, yeah, man. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, Good stuff. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Let's get to um, so Kyle Shanahan today. If you missed it, they have fired Steve Wilkes as the defensive coordinator. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up on the other side. Also, um, the audio, <laughs> thanks to NFL Films, of the Chiefs' reaction to the 49ers' overtime decision. We'll play that for you coming up on the other side. Scott Jackson, your prior Delta Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham has your sports center. Don't forget it is a What's Your Rank Wednesday, Valentine's Day edition. That's where we're going to deal in divorce uh, today. Uh, some of the all-time sports divorces uh, that have taken place over the years. All right, uh, 757-687-9494. That's a Ballyhoo's phone line. Also, I uh, can hit us up via the text line. This Kansas City situation is ongoing out of the parade. There was a shooting. Uh, there are multiple reports that it's eight to ten people potentially that have been are being treated in hospitals for injuries right now uh, near the Chiefs parade today. Obviously, uh, we'll keep our eyes on that for you if we get more solid information as the uh, time moves on here. But that's uh, that's very unfortunate. Um, sucks now. Too bad. I mean, those parades are supposed to be obviously a fun event. They're supposed to be, you know, kind of carefree. It's supposed to be where everybody comes together. I've been to a couple championship parades in the last five, well, no more than five years. No, God, it's more than that. Uh, I guess eight years since the Caps and the Nats. And there, it was fun, you know, like it's cool. You're around people, people, fans, you know, you don't know them. You just kind of hang out, have a good time. And it's supposed to be fun. I've been years ago as a youngster. At the uh, Redskins Super Bowl parades. That was a long time ago. Uh, and it's always been fun. Never had to deal with anything like that. So let's feel for those people. That's scary. Yeah, never everybody's supposed to be happy at these yeah, things. right. You'd think. you think, right. It's supposed to be happy time. And, I don't know, people just uh, getting together because they love silly things like sports teams. You know, we have that, we have that common bond, sports teams, winning a championship. And uh, then you have a shooting, which absolutely sucks. All right. Um, Got a lot of reaction on the uh, text line uh, about Steve Wilkes getting screwed by <laughs> the 49ers. The D gave up one touchdown in four quarters as George in the Eastern Shore. And that came after a muff punt. Well, it was a, I am, I'm getting a little technical. I get a little touchy with this muff punt well, thing. Me and Ray Ray McLeod. What a muff punt. It was a uh, bad bounce, we'll call it. You hear that, Ray Ray? Lines are open. Yeah, don't get on me, Ray Ray. I was George in the Eastern Shore, not me. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I know what you're saying. No, you're right. I mean... He hung in there, right? He hung in there. Um, his group hung in there t- very well. Uh, it's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. What's going on there? Uh, let's grab uh, Let's grab this. Let's get to the, um, the, 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 the sound from NFL Films. This was on um, Inside the NFL. 
which I, I where is inside the NFL? It used to be on the HBO. CW. The CW, of course, with ACC football in basketball. <laughs> My bad. I should have known that. And charmed reruns. There you go. And um, what else is on there? I you don't, don't want to know. I don't even. I don't care. Seventh Heaven. All right. So here is a little bit of it with the uh, world of uh, the world of NFL films. Overtime, uh, getting ready here, the coin toss and the audio of uh, the reaction from the Chiefs sidelines in addition to the discussion on the 49ers sideline. They call it. They call it, right? Yeah, they call the coin flip. It's their coin flip, right? Which way do you want to kick it? We want the ball, Fred. San Francisco, you are still the visitors. What is your call? Tails again. He called tails again. It is tails. You want the ball? Which way do you want to kick? We're going to kick that way. San Francisco received first and overtime. Good luck, gentlemen. They want it. They want the ball. They wanted it. Hey, they want it. They wanted it, baby. We want them to have the ball. They want it. They can have it. Hey, even if we score a touchdown, they still get the ball. I didn't know that. We won the toss. We were going to kick off, too. We got what we wanted. They want it. They can have it. (laughs) So Travis Kelsey knew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Then you you hear that was Juszczyk going, oh, I didn't know that. He's looking at the board about the whole thing with Uh uh, with they they get a possession again. You heard in the beginning that was Mahomes and Reed discussing it, and they get to call it, and... I mean, the Chiefs acted like they had won the Super Bowl already just by the re- just they, by the decision uh, for the 49ers to take the football. And they did. And they did. <laughs> right. And there was more on the Kelsey Bros podcast. Is that what it's called? The Kelsey Bros podcast? Uh, New Heights podcast. All right, I think it should be called Kelsey Bros. That's just me, though. Anyway. I think there's a reason it's called New Heights. Something to do with something in their past or something. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll dig into that. All right. Now, anyway, I don't, you know, whatever it's called. It's the Kelsey Brothers. People know what I'm talking about. They were also discussing it, and they were just, again, ecstatic as that's the route it went and um you know kind of were like they were pretty much dissing young kyle for making that that call and you know yesterday he explained it again for i don't know what the fourth time since the super bowl ended john lynch is the only one who had any reason here i mean john lynch you know gave the only problem the only potentially defensible reason yesterday when he was and it was almost like he was doing it to save kyle because Kyle never mentioned this ever in any of his explanations, but Lynch did yesterday. The general manager said, well, you know, our de- defense is really gassed, too. Like, okay, like if you'd have sold me on that prior to the whole thing, I might have been all right with it. Um, but he didn't, you know, that's not the way they sold it. They sold it as this was their plan. They were worried about this all-important third possession that never took place. And, you know, boom, boom goes the dynamite. The rest is history. And today they fire Steve Wilkes because of it. <laughs> Somebody had to take the fall, I guess. Was he part of the analytics team? Do we not know? Is Steve Wilkes' other position with the 49ers? Is he the head of analytics as well? I don't know. Maybe he didn't scout that corn corn dog play well enough. Then the, the, yeah. one, the one, whatever they call it now. Yeah, know. exactly. So, yeah, after one season against Steve Wilkes is out. Here's the thing, and somebody had just texted or uh, tweeted me about this a while ago. Like, where, who are you getting this late in the game? Yeah, who's left? Who's left defensive coordinator? I guess Rex Ryan, or is it um, Ron Rivera? Ron Rivera. That's who's <laughs> left. 
49ers have hired Ron Rivera. And re-signed Chase Young. And re-signed Chase Young, yes. Jeez. Reunited in the Bay Area. Apparently, they've probably got somebody in-house, I would think. They, they've got to have somebody in-house to make a move like I this. I would think they've so. They've got to have somebody they like in-house. And they've been excellent, by the way, at, at developing staffs. But this does seem a little excessive. Now, I will say this. There are stuff, there are things that go on in, on staffs that there's problems during the season that we don't know about a lot of times, and maybe this just was, you know, again, it was gonna it was gonna end regardless of how the season ended, but this now looks like it's just because of the Super Bowl, which is unfortunate because you know they they and they did from the latter last part of the season underachieve as an as a defense. They so, did true. They had a lot of money invested there. There's no doubt about it. But I actually thought on Super Sunday. They played pretty well. I mean, they, they they stepped up. They were they they did all the things that they were not doing in previous weeks, uh, but obviously not enough uh, to get the W when it was all said and done. So, anyway, I'll be interested to see who they end up hiring. If they go from the staff or they go somewhere else, uh, you know, outside of their organization. Like you said, who's left besides Ron Rivera? <laughs> we'll search Riverboat Ron. You know, we'll find out who's left. That could be fun. And remember, you know, Mike Shanahan. Dad, the last several years in Denver, it was a turnstile defensive coordinator. Remember That's that? true, yeah. And this is the problem, too, with the old offensive head coach. He's never going to say the offense sucks. It was an offensive issue. It's always on the defense. You know, it's always like the blame game. It's, we, I saw this up close with Mike Shanahan's Redskins when Kyle's offense was not getting it done. It was always Jim Haslett's fault. Yeah. It was constantly Haz's fault. Now, Haz's defense has this. And they put no money and effort on the defense, by the way. Back then, they they weren't spending big on that defense. Haslett was working with, uh, you know, duct tape. Anyway, but it was always the defense, you know, because that wasn't their baby. So this is this is um, interesting to see. All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, the Ballyhoo's uh, phone line, the text line as well, if you want to get there. Um, we will get to what could have been one of the most incredible things ever in the NBA that didn't happen coming up on the other side. Wood Sealy joins us at 4 o'clock, ODU Athletics Director. Uh, we'll talk about tournament expansion. There's a lot of buzz about the NCAA basketball tournament getting bigger. Uh, we'll get to that uh, as well at 4 o'clock. Scott Jackson, your Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw. <laughs> are you like trolling people james uh, of course i am all right welcome back uh <laughs> what's your rank wednesday comes up at five today best sports divorces of all time uh we'll talk to uh odu athletic director wood Seelig wednesdays at wood coming up at four as well a uh, big discussion recently about increasing the ncaa basketball tournament which is always like a touchy little topic for people they don't like it all the time uh, so we'll get into that. All right, so there was a story that broke this morning with very few details, I have to say. But still, it was interesting to think about, uh, NBA-wise, that the Warriors were approaching the Lakers trying to convince them to trade LeBron James uh, prior to the trade deadline. Warriors were eager to present a package uh, to L.A., but neither L.A. nor James were willing to explore the potential blockbuster at 39 years old, um, obviously James is still having a great, you know, individual season. The Lakers are not very good. Um, you know, apparently Draymond Green and uh, owner Joe Lacob both reached out to, with the encouragement from Dray- Draymond Green, excuse me, uh, Joe Lacob reached out to uh, Lakers owner Jeannie Buss to inquire whether James uh, would, in fact, be open to a trade. 
Boss told Lake of the Lakers had no desire to trade James, but that they would uh, need to seek an answer on his state of mind via his agent. Rich Paul from Clutch Sports. Sources said as the owner, Buss, um, has operated the mindset that she wants her star players content with the franchise and instructed her thinking on referring Warriors leadership to James's reps, sources said. Uh, but anyway, apparently they shot it down, didn't want to do it, and it didn't happen. But when you think about it, I mean, it could have been win-win for both. I mean, obviously it would have been a big win for the Warriors to, to go all in. I mean, this is a team that's not getting any younger. they got to try to you know, tap out as many as they can while they can. You know, for LeBron, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So he could just go back to L.A. Right. He doesn't have to sell his house or anything. And, and look, I, I felt this way, and obviously it's been proven over time. He went to the Lakers not because it was the best basketball situation, because it was the best for LeBron James, the branding of LeBron James post-basketball post, post life. And look, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not like – He's all in, all in it to win it all every year, and maybe he feels like this team can do better. I don't know. Maybe he just wants to, would rather just be there and have it happen. His son's obviously at USC, so I get the family part of it and all that. Also, probably didn't want to be accused of being, you know, Kevin uh, Kevin Durant, you know, for being on a ride along program. He's very, uh, you know, aware of the narratives and all those things. And, and frankly, right now, the Lakers are actually, you know, ahead of the Warriors, right? Like, right? So there's that part of it, too. I mean, look, it would have been like it would have been like Chevy and Ford merging. I mean, it would have been weird. There's no doubt about it. It would have been strange. But if I were the Lakers taking a holistic approach, like, let's hold these suckers up for as much as we can get right now. Get some young talent in here, which we don't have a lot of, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're, the Lakers do not have a lot of young talent. And then afterwards, you know, we'll grab LeBron in the offseason. You know, we'll just we'll reunite in the offseason. We're going to take a knee on this season. But damn it, next year we're going to be loaded for bear, hopefully, uh, with, with, with some young players from the Warriors and some other assets. But, no, they never got that far. So we'll never know what they could have shaken out of this whole deal. Well, you know what's funny is that Jonathan Kaminga was basically begging his way out of Golden State. Yes. You know, he said it couldn't work with Steve Kerr, and all of a sudden it seems like it's magically kind of working again. And so that you'd think they could have at least wrestled Kaminga out of the deal, maybe yeah. some draft picks. But here, here's the thing that maybe LeBron doesn't understand. First of all, this is far from the same Golden State team that Kevin Durant went to. This, yes. They, no, they, no, they are, way different. They yeah. are a shell. And second no, of all, no. I got news for LeBron. Pretty much everybody already hates you, man. So if you go there, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you yeah. go there or not because yeah. it's not going to change your image one way yeah. or the other. No, you're right. It isn't going to change his image at all. Uh, you know, people um, not, aren't going to be mad. You know, people aren't going to like him either way, as you say. So. And if you love him, you're going to love him regardless. Yeah, right. You like, know? He's not care. And that's fine. Yeah, they're not going to care. I, I think this is, um, you know, it, it's just uh, it's funny though. That they would do this. And, I, and I, I'm sure there's some people that are going to be angry in a Laker nation, like be insulted. How dare the Warriors, uh, you know, kind of do the, you know, do this to us. But I think it's funny. I, I like it. I like it. I've, why not ask everything, right? Like, why why not look everywhere to get help for your team? The, the Draymond Green part of this story is in, interesting to me. Yeah, that Draymond wanted them Very to do it. Very interesting. Yeah, that he recommended they do it, right? I don't know how those two would gel, honestly. No, I it, I think, you know, again, it's one of those things like the guys in your team, you're, you're excited about it. If he wasn't on your team, you hate his guts. True. That's how it always That's should. fair. That's usually how it works. All right, let's get to, our guy Willingham's with us. What's up, Willingham? What's up, man? Hey, I just called to tell you a little bit how, how this uh, contest went. Yes. With Shanahan. Yeah, what happened? I remember when I called in the last time. 
As y'all know, the Shanahan, I know he's going to try to sneak his way out of it. You remember when they played the Green Bay Packers? Yeah. They played Detroit, right? Okay. They At the contest, they deferred to the Nate Hass, right? Yep. They came back in Detroit, did the same thing, right? And they started behind. They started fighting here to come from behind to win the yep. game. But so when they got in the Super Bowl, he tried to get cute. So he tried to count how the Green Bay did the Cowboys. So this time they took the ball, right? Yep. Okay, so at the end of the card talk, the referee is going to have to always explain to them what's going on. So what he did, he took the ball again because he played scared. If Patrick Mahoney would have got the ball first, they would have scored, and he was scared to play behind with a young quarterback. And that did the director. Yeah. I'm going to let y'all have it from there. Yeah, I mean, it was um, obviously the look. It's the wrong strategy. They continue to try to talk about it, and it sounds terrible every time. I don't think anybody's going to copycat it anytime soon and change their you know change their mind and think it was a good idea, especially against that guy. Out on him. Yeah. See, now if, if they got the ball and went down and scored a touchdown, and then they would have stopped the fall name. I mean, I mean, they would have stopped the Kansas City Chiefs. He would have been a hero. Sure. Because they would have went right back to say. Okay, what did he normally do? He got off schedule, right? Yeah. Going back to, like I just said, about Green Bay and Detroit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, they, those I, games, they, 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 well, remember, those games, they had this horrific first halves, right? Great second halves. This game, they had a good first half, horrific second half. I mean, it's like that everything was flipped all over again. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it, and reversed. So, same thing with the contact. Yeah. It reversed the contact. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Since. Since referring to the second, I mean, referring the ball over and they take the ball second, yeah. they'll get first this time. Yeah, I mean, we understand they, that. And, and again, just like just re- reference college football with the college football play with post, uh, you know, um, overtimes, the coaches always want the ball second because that way you know what the other team had, you know, what the other team did, what you need, and you have four downs to achieve that. If you need it, if you're, um, you know, if you're driving the football down the field, you know, because you're obviously not punting if you need to score. So, yes, I mean, it did. Again, it doesn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense Sunday, and it certainly doesn't make any more sense on Wednesday. Right. So they fall on the head coach. Yeah. The special team coach and uh, the special team football captain. If you got a captain going out there, they should have hit them details down. Well, then they told the captain what to do. I mean, they told him ahead of time that, that they wanted the ball. So that's, again, the head coach. Uh, and of course, you know he's brought in the analytics guy in this conversation, which I don't understand at all. Because again, he's the head coach, uh, and nobody in the San Francisco, Santa Clara, you know, Silicon Valley area would know this the analytics guy for the 49ers if he came to your house and sat down at your dinner table and told you that he was the analytics guy for the 49ers. You still wouldn't know who the hell he was. So anyway. But uh, fair enough. Hey, man, I got to run, Willingham. Good talking to you, buddy. We got to get to the four o'clock hour uh, coming up with Sea League, Old Dominion Athletic Director. Um, I have an absolutely awful idea I heard for the Chicago Bears, the one overall pick we'll get to. And Tom Brady, boy, he's got some stuff he has put out there uh, that will be on that new Apple uh, show, Dynasty, about the Patriots that uh, you won't want to miss. We'll get to all that coming up next hour. Scott Jackson's your prior to Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham's got your Sports Center.